Welcome everyone, we are about to begin, this is Hashem, Shalom Bayashir, number 158. I'm going to discuss now 10 pieces of advice, marriage advice, uh, based on 126 different studies made by various research experts, one of them being John Gottman, who's been doing this for decades, and Sue Johnson and others. Um, some we discussed in prior shiurim, so we're going to go briefly through some of those, and some we're going to speak a little more at length. And here are the ten. Number one, to respond to 86% of your partner's emotional calls. The single largest predictor of marital success is your emotional connection with your husband, with your wife, And that emotional connection is composed of thousands upon thousands of emotional calls. Emotional calls are basically you or your spouse's attempt to connect with each other every day. How was your day even? That's an emotional call. And by responding and listening to those calls, that's a predictor of marital marital success and... um, they basically, people who did that 86% of the time or more had great marriages. People who had only 33% or less ended up in divorce. In between, you had different ranges of marriages. But the more, obviously, the better. So the advice here is to think of ways that your husband or your wife tried to connect with you and zoom in on that. It, it was a hundred times or more if you think about it carefully. And you learn to respond to them as often as possible and be emotionally engaged. So that's number one. Respond to at least 86% of your partner's emotional calls. Number two, understand your partner's inner world. Each of you has a unique subjective way of how you view yourself, you have your own thoughts, you have your own feelings. Brought down Chazal, Kol, Yochid, Hu Oilam Male. Every Yochid, every individual is a whole world unto themselves. And everyone feels differently from the other. You feel differently, you think differently. And yes, it's true, you can never be in another person's shoes. But in a marriage, the key is, is to do your best to try to be in the other person's shoes. To work very hard on that, on to understanding your husband better, on the understanding your wife better. And so often, couples told their therapists, after divorced couples told their therapists basically this. They said, I woke up one day and I didn't recognize the person next to me. That didn't happen in one day. That happens gradually. It happens gradually if you start not being interested in the other person's inner world you don't engage in, in conversations with them, real meaningful conversations with your heart and with your mind, with your emotions and with your thoughts. And that's how this happens. But if each day you make that effort to understand your wife better, to understand your husband better, really understand, ask each other each day how they were, how they're feeling about things, and enter into their emotional inner, inner world of the other, that strengthens the marriage bond in a tremendous way. So that's number two, to understand your husband or your wife's inner world. Number three, 
honor the we in marriage. We meaning that you're both together as a unit. We talked about individuality, which is also important, but the we has to be emphasized too. We as opposed to just being me and you. A sense of sacrifice to the relationship itself, to the marriage, not as a doormat. We spoke about that many times. Not as a doormat, not as being unhealthily subservient, but rather in a healthy way to sacrifice one to the other, to the marriage, creates a very special love, and that creates a healing, and the marriage grows. We, in every aspect of the marriage, whether it's money, whether it's sex, whether it's the chinuch of the children, whether it's the in-law issues, or simply household chores, responsibilities, the we, as a team, as a team, as one unit. And these sacrifices that a husband makes to the wife and the wife to the uh, husband, we're not talking about major breaking news acts of sacrifice that's like, like front page stuff. No. They could be simple and small acts. Most of them are. There are hundreds and hundreds of small, simple acts of giving to one another that doesn't take that much effort. But if you do it consistently, it is so powerful, so meaningful. The we, you value the we by having date nights together. You value the we by listening to your wife, by listening to your husband. By you, you value the we of the relationship by allowing them to vent when they're upset and you listen empathetically to them. You, you, you value the we in the marriage when you take responsibility of your part of a conflict and says, you say, I'm sorry, I overreacted. Or, 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 or I didn't handle this right, and let's work on it together now. If there's a we in the relationship when you prioritize sex as a couple, as a couple, how each one will express what's important to them, and you listen to that, and you try to fulfill the needs of one another. These small sacrifices promotes more trust, more emotional connection in your daily married life. So that is number three. Number three is the we, to strengthen the we in the marriage. Number four, and this is very, very important, is to to start discussions softly, whether it's small discussions of minor things or major discussions about important things that may be even touchy subjects. 96% of the time, when a conversation begins poorly, it ends poorly. So the lesson behind that is you start conversations, even with sensitive, touchy subjects. You, you, you start it gently, thoughtfully. And here is a key that marriage experts, researchers realized. The manner of speaking itself is part of the solution to the problem. That is very, people don't really hop this. And they need to have this. There's a problem. They don't see how they're going to meet eye to eye and they have to have a discussion about it. The etzim fact, the very manner of that speaking in a soft, uh, polite, and respectful tone is part of the solution. It facilitates a goodwill of wanting to figure out a solution together. It facilitates a bonding, even when right now there is a difference of opinion. And... That's so, so important. You know, Dr. John Gottman, he was, he's able to predict divorce accurately by just watching the couple 
discuss a, 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 have a discussion about a, a, a sensitive topic in the first three minutes, he more or less was able to predict it. So if you start off talking softly and gently, that itself it opens up a Pesach to resolve beautifully that whatever disagreement that you're discussing. So that's number four. Number four is to start your discussions softly. Number five, which we're not going to discuss now much, is expressing appreciation every day. We had many shiurim on this, and as Hashem will continue to have many shiurim on this, showing appreciation, hakaras gratitude, every single day to your husband and to your wife. That's number five. Number six, creating a loving, practicing culture, meaning rituals. You and your wife, you and your husband together do certain rituals that you do together. Whether it is you sit 15 minutes alone every night, having tea together and talking about things, evening walks, no matter how crazy, hectic life can get, um, the values by the Shabbos table, that's with a, in a family structure, but there needs to be some private practice of a rituals between a husband and a wife in special ways of love and of attention between the two of you. Of course, part of it could be sexual. It's perfectly fine, even healthy. We have certain sexual practices um, in, your, in the clean period where there's a ritual there or there's a, sh- there's a special um, private um, aspect where you do certain things just to show you that you're a couple, that you love each other and that you're one with each other and that you both enjoy. That's true. So that's important, but in non-sexual ways as well. It's very important, especially in the Nida period, to also create those rituals of bonding in various different non-sexual ways, to figure out ways to connect in the behaviors of doing certain things together. Like we gave examples of uh, uh, having tea together, um, evening walks together, uh, learning together, if it works, various different things. So that's number six, creating a loving, practicing culture of certain rituals that a husband and a wife do together, privately, alone, between the two of them. Number seven, to remember always that conversations about money are rarely about money. Now, sometimes it is about money. You have a budget and you have to discuss, we need to spend on this, can we? We need to spend on that, can we? But very often, when money issues become sensitive and a problem, the issue is not really the money. It's emotional. It's emotionally based. It's not intellectually based. It's a matter of security versus insecurity, control, healthy control versus unhealthy control. It, 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 discussions about money really usually behind it is the expression of the inner world of the person. You know, um, I, it, you know, and most of the time, like, you know, it's okay that we're tight, but I really sometimes need that feeling that I'm able to buy something without always having to worry what I'm putting into that shopping cart. Is there anything I can do about that? Is there anything we could work out? So again, very often remember that when you're talking about finances, sometimes there's, a, there's something beneath the finances that you're talking that's bothering them. 
It's not a matter of sometimes a, a, a wife will say, I don't mind that I have less to spend. I understand we're on a budget. But sometimes I want to be shown some appreciation or when there's something a little extra that I could um, sp- you know, spend it on, on something without having to um, you know, feel guilty or feel insecure and so on and so forth. So remember that conversations about money are usually not about money. It's usually emotionally based about their inner world. Number eight, we discussed this also, uh, that um, there's a study, even in America, 9% of couples only are comfortable talking about sex with one another. Now, this has, and this is a little bit shocking, because even in the Prasta Gayesha open world, uh, where, where everything is open and, uh, and crude and, uh, and no tzniyas there, Nevertheless, only 9% of married couples are comfortable talking about sex with one another. That's not a, that is not a maila. That's a chesarin. And it's a chesarin in the from Torah world too. It's a chesarin. It's not a lack of tzniyas by discussing sexual aspects that need to be discussed privately between a husband and a wife. And the reason why I'm saying this is because researchers have researched this is not some uh, crazy liberal therapists that are that have their heads screwed on backwards. These are by researchers of people who studied marriages for decades and decades and decades. And it came out basically that very often studies show that the ability to discuss sex in an open way between a husband and wife, of what their needs are, and what what they you know, and all of that, that is an overall sign to marital satisfaction satisfaction overall. And that's not just a matter of prioritizing sex in the schedule of whatever your schedules are, but to be openly expressive to each other. And that's how you become closer. And. Um, I'm going to go back to this in a minute at the end of the sh- at the end of this year, but I'll go to number nine quickly. Num- number nine is interdependence, which is basically a combination. On one hand, not being overly dependent, husband to wife, wife to husband. They cannot be overly dependent is unhealthy, but overly independent is also not healthy because you are a we, like we said before. You're a one unit also. There's a you, there's a me, but there's also the we. That's called interdependence, finding the balance between that. We discussed this in prior shiurim. We'll discuss this more in future shiurim. And Beli Nether uh, will elaborate on that. And number 10, emotional forgiveness. Also, we discussed in prior shiurim, and we'll discuss in future shiurim, about truly learning to forgive one another and to let the past be buried in the past. You start from fresh. Going back to number eight, about discussing sex between each other. The reason why it's so important is as follows. Um, from what I understood, and I spoke to a Paisik and a few of them, and some Rabbanim, and basically a lot of them... And, uh, and the, some that t- asked me not to mention the names of who to- who said this, but very in a very very high percentage of marital problems start in the bedroom because of a disparity in their sexual um, um, drives and they're in you know not 
um, discussing it in open ways. And what usually happens is as follows, is that one of the couple, usually it's the woman, but it could be the other way around, is more emotionally based and they are not so into the physical as much as the man is, as much as the husband is. And they need, in order to be physical and to feel physical and to want to be sexually connected in that way, in a physical way, they need to really, really be an emotionally connected, deep friendship with their husbands. Otherwise, they're not going to be inclined to want to have the physical sex. And the husbands, on the contrast, for them, it's extremely important, the physical, and they sometimes have difficulty expressing the emotional connection. They have what uh, some say is constipation of the mouth. They don't like talking uh, about emotions and expressing love, big problem. And they have to talk with each other about it. So when I talk about studies, talking about discussing sex together, it's not just discussing the physical aspects of sex, of, 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 of the, you know, the needs that each one could, could give each other pleasure. That's also important. But also the emotional connection, the, the, what we call the foreplay, the, the, and, that. and when that is resolved, when that becomes more hand-in-hand, when the emotional connection is aligned with the physical sex, and it becomes like a peer, one to another. So someone may have a lower drive, but because they feel emotional connection, they'll be more than happy to oblige and to be more sexual. And someone with that more highly sexual drive will be more inclined to be emotionally open. And they discuss it with each other, and they fill each other's needs in those ways. I need sex more. I need emotional connection more. How are we going to give each other more of what we need? And that is the key when you work through it and discuss it and work towards it, it openly, and studies have shown this, it improves marital satisfaction as a whole in all aspects of life. And that's why it seems strange sometimes when it seems like these conflicts that have nothing to do with sexual aspects. Other things. But if you go dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper, a large part of it is this nakuda of the bedroom issues and the deep emotional feeling issues is the key to many, many marriages of the problems and also the way to resolve it. That's why I stressed a lot on number eight, which we did talk about in prior shiurim. We'll also talk about Be'ezus Hashem in future shiurim. Again, any uh, ha'aris or suggestions, you could email me at shalombayas777 at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to hear from you. And I will also, Be'ezus Hashem, give more shiurim with research and study based on the feedback. Have a wonderful day.